barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. You'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting. I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Braxton Miller's loose spin move. Miller heading for the end zone. You're in no position to left to the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Lucky for me, the press can barely speak English. But they are who we thought they were. Well, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Well, then get the fuck out of here, then. Okay, see ya. It is Thursday, November 24th. Happy Thanksgiving from us at Menace to Sports. I appreciate you all. If you could drop in the chat and say happy Thanksgiving to everyone watching, I am thankful most for what you guys have done for me, the support you've shown, and just honestly, dating back to when this first started, just for listening, for, for turning it on, right? Turning this show on. Because I know what the headline said. I know what public perception was about me. And true or not, whatever parts were true, whatever parts weren't true, if it's all a lie or all true, you guys, the Menace Army, tuned in to hear what I had to say. A lot of it was my, I think, pretty well thought out marketing plan to come off as some just insane human being that was going to go off to get you to listen. And then actually, once I had your ear, I was going to lay out just not my version of the story, but who I am as a person. And so this is our Throwback Thursday episode. I'm going to re-record episode one, the most epic episode in our podcast history, maybe in podcast history, because it was really simple. I wanted to start this podcast off with the biggest dirt I had on anyone. I wanted to drop bombs. I wanted to burn down college football and expose it for what it was. And that was going to, I mean, I got burned. I, I got burned down as some bad guy, abusive man, right? This awful employee, bad football coach, X, Y, Z, doesn't matter what's true and what's not. It does, but the, you're never going to find out the truth from the media. So this podcast is brought to you by the Brett McMurphy Journal of, Institu- of Journalistic Integ- Integrity. That's what this podcast is brought to you by. Because this, this podcast is solely a directive to give you something genuine to listen to. That's what it started as. Something different than ESPN. Something different than narrative bullshit. Something different than you get from anywhere else. Because I want to start this podcast off with the biggest thing that happened to me as a coach. And it was not when I got fired for, at Ohio State. The scandal. The, the, the spousal abuse. It wasn't that. It was in 2016. When I was on the road recruiting. Got home late on a flight. It was probably around 10, 10.30 p.m. I land, I get an Uber back to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center where, you know, our offices were, the practice facility, my car, my truck is there. I left it there and got a ride from our GA to the airport. I walk in that office and I have to go all the way down this 120-yard hallway to get my keys out of my office. And to get there, I had to cut through the locker room. I walk in the locker room and I saw the most disturbing, disgusting thing I've ever seen. The president of Ohio State, Michael Drake, now at Cal, was getting fellatio from one of our male recruiting interns in the locker room on the couch. I almost threw up. I didn't know what to do. I, did, I couldn't get to my office. It was I was just repulsed, blown away. And I, I, I still to this day am speechless about it. 
So I ended up having to go all the way around outside, go in the back door to get my keys and, and, and never told anyone. He knew, though. He saw me. And from that moment forward, we didn't exactly uh, talk. We didn't exactly communicate. He knew what I had on him, and I think that was a big driving force to why I got fired. Now, here's, here's the, the funny part about that story. I just made it up. It's completely false. Not one thing about it is true. I don't know if Michael Drake is gay. I don't know if he's ever uh, had an affair. I don't know if he's ever slept with a subordinate. None of it's true. But here's the reality of the way the media works, especially back when I released this first episode. Had I not told you it was true, or if I had I not told you it was false, you would have believed it because it's so outrageous. And there would have been 11 Warriors articles about it. Is it true? He would have been asked questions and in interviews. He would have had to put out a press conference to address what I said. But it could have been completely made up. And it was. So let me really start by saying thank you for tuning in. Whether it's out of support, out of hate, out of interest, or out of entertainment, we appreciate you taking the time to see what this is all about. Here's the value in this podcast, in this show, in this platform. I'm a former college football coach that was in some historically monumental programs, meetings, games, lives. I have no desire to ever get back into coaching. Not that I could if I wanted to. I think I could now, but I have no desire to ever get back into it. That gives me the greatest gift in the world, freedom. Freedom to say anything, tell any story, be brutally honest, no filter, say things that no one else will or can. I have the liberated will to give everyone a perspective on so many things that no one ever has or can, especially in sports media. I don't need messages. You'll never coach again. What are you doing? Stop talking. Get up. Stop the podcast. You'll never coach again. I don't ever want to coach again. Never. I meant that in 2018 when I said it, and it's even more true now because I've lived on the other side, coaching my kids, standing at the school bus stop with my five-year-old and my 10-year-old, taking my almost 13-year-old to school every morning that I have them. I'm, I'm never going back. I don't want to go back. It is glorious being on the sideline, coaching guys like Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell, Noah Brown, like Curtis Samuel. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun, but it perils in comparison to coaching your 12-year-old and watching him hit a home run in Cooperstown, New York over the Green Monster. Not even, not even close. Doesn't even compare. But here's what this podcast was intended to be. Insider perspective into college football and recruiting. Insider perspective into Urban Meyer, his program, Ohio State, Florida, the countless great players and stories associated with my experiences in one of the most elite programs in the history of college football. What really happened with OSU football, with my scandal, my investigation, with the key players involved, and with my ex-wife? My experience with what is broken in society. We live it every day, even worse now than in 2018 when I came out with this podcast. Law enforcement, the judicial system, gender inequality, especially in divorces. We could talk about glass ceilings in the corporate world all you want. Let's talk about child support. Let's talk about custody and how big a crock of bullshit family law is. I will address social injustices and narrative warriors like Brenda Tracy, who came with a pitchfork to come after me, but has never once spoken to me. I've invited her on the show a hundred times, not just her, several of them. Brett McMurphy, Burt McMurphy, as I call him with his child molester mustache. He called me after he wrote his 10th edited article about me. Not to get my side of the story, 
not to talk to anyone that was actually there other than my ex-wife. Ultimately, this is going to be my personal account, stories, and perspective. This was for me. It was never for you. I'm just blessed and thankful on Thanksgiving that you found me and we've created this community. Not just me, but the addition of Chris. I'm thankful for Chris. I'm thankful for the trajectory of this company now. At the time when I wrote this, this episode and released it, I didn't know this was going to be a company. I didn't know I'd have a remote studio in Bridge Park in Dublin. But here's what this podcast will not be or was not intended to be. It will not be simplistic. It will not be solely focused around the outrageous drama that was and is my life still. Though some of that is relevant and important for me to get off my chest at times, it is not the intent or primary content driver for this podcast. Those stories may provide insight into the reality that was a colossal debacle for one of the largest, most powerful, and most popular athletic programs and coaches in the world. So they will be addressed. They got addressed. I still talk about them, but make no mistake, that is not the focus of this podcast. The conception of this podcast came from one driving force, the messages and outpouring of support I received in 2018 as my life as I knew it crumbled in front of my eyes. The number of people with stories about similar life experiences, I then started reflecting on how could this happen? I know reality. I know what is real. Urban Meyer knew reality. Gene Smith knew reality. Everyone I worked with knew reality and knew what was real. Everyone. How could one person with a vendetta affect so many lives with a lie? The reality of the how was simple. The issue that was weaponized against me is real. It is horrible, a horrible issue, a real issue. And people are outraged to stop it. Domestic violence, sexual assault, racial injustice, gender discrimination. All of these social issues are real. They're horrific injustices to human rights. They are real and everyone's needs to take notice and do something to instigate and inspire change. Here's the danger with these issues. We're seeing it play out politically daily. They are so real, so relevant, so detrimental to our society that they hold the power to destroy an intended target. This is as it should be. If you are discriminatory based on race, based on gender identity, if you abuse your wife, if you do those things, you should be destroyed. The danger is in who is deciding the validity of these claims. You look all around the news. Narrative warriors are pounding the table against these injustices with two weapons, re reality and narratives. We see it with the, the news outlets as they cover all these tragedies and how they spin them to fit some kind of political gain, which is fucking disgusting. They're vile human beings. Because there's reality and narratives on both sides of all these issues. Real situations can and should inspire change. Outrage society. Spark the debate. Get the people talking and inspire action. They should. But narratives? Narratives are weapons in the fights that self-destruct the cause. A false narrative that social media narrative warriors can use to further support a cause only diminishes the ammunition that they have in real accounts. An entirely false accusation of sexual assault only creates doubt for the real sexual assault situations, horrible situations where it occurs. If narrative warriors want to be true social injustice warriors, I'm looking at you, Brenda Tracy, Sean Kings of the world. They must do one thing to unite the cause. Treat actual false claims of said social injustices as they do perpetrators of social injustice. False so sexual uh, abuse, 
There should be outrage, just like there is and should be of actual sexual abuse. False domestic, domestic violence claims, we just saw sexual abuse came with Gary on Conley. Got, finally, he got exonerated four years later. Those false domestic violence claims, we cannot allow it. Because if we do, we undermine the power that we as a society have to change these injustices. This podcast is, a t is, is intended to address issues that I've experienced firsthand. Issues I feel very strongly about. It will give listeners and insiders a look at the other end of the spectrum on many sensitive subjects. It also is going to address this, the behind-the-scenes accounts and also inconsistencies of, in several industries. College football, Ohio State University, Urban Myers football programs, the media, the legal system, divorce law, narratives, so much more. We hold nothing back. My hope is that this can act as an avenue for people to relate to what is wrong with society on several fronts. I want to give my own experience into several topics. And I think people will want to hear the other side of certain things. I'm really excited to share things that I was a part of, witnessed, and experienced. Dealing with so many high-profile and famous people have given me such a unique vantage point and perspective into things that are so interesting to the public. Things like Ohio State, Florida, Urban Meyer, all the countless great players, some extremely intimate details of the more prevalent icons in society, sports, and football. People that transcended athletics for the good or bad, from the likes of some of the greats I was around to the likes of some players and or coaches that stories were tragic. Intimate accounts of positive icons like Michael Thomas, Braxton Miller, Terry McLaurin, as well as insider stories on players that did not have storybook endings like Aaron Hernandez, for example. I want this podcast to expose reality on so many fronts, but also I want it to provide perspective on everything I've lived for the past 15 years. I'm extremely excited to share and think it will be something people will really enjoy. Here we are four years later. I think people enjoy it. If you go to our website, which we don't have anymore, go to YouTube. You're on it. Or if you're listening on podcasts at youtube.com forward slash menace to sports, we will have a new website soon, by the way. All of our avenues to access this podcast are there. If you go to Patreon, we have an intimate VIP experience, film breakdowns, you name it. We have coaches film breakdowns, group chats, all kinds of stuff. Go to patreon.com forward slash menace to sports. Come join the Menace Army. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. And please leave comments. Tell me what you think about my Michael Drake story. But everyone knew what happened. We had meetings. I'm talking about my scenario, what got me fired. Everyone knew about it, what happened. We had meetings, me and Urban Meyer, my family, Gene Smith, the attorney for Ohio State University. I was in his penthouse suite, downtown Columbus, with Urban Meyer talking about everything that went on. And then, as 11 Warriors bitch ass, cocaine-filled ass company, decided to run a story on a bullshit court case. I figure it was called trespassing. A false accusation that I, that I trespassed at an apartment complex. They ran a story, started a witch hunt. They knew those accusations that were being thrown around were not real. Everyone at Ohio State did. They knew that my ex-wife was still livid, that I was having success. She thought my life would be over after we got divorced and Urban found out that I cheated on her. Because guess what? I did several times. Not proud of it. It happened. Law enforcement knew about it. There was no cover-up. There was simply no evidence that I could ever get found guilty of domestic violence because 
there wasn't domestic violence. This was not a situation where it wasn't documented so they didn't couldn't prove it. My ex-wife documented everything. She still does. And there's still no evidence that it ever happened. But I'm not going to keep going down this path of trying to vindicate myself. If I'm being honest, I should have been fired after 2015, not 2018. I was a mess. The reality of divorce, losing my kids, starting my personal life over, it destroyed me and I didn't handle it well. Urban cared maybe too much. If he'd have fired me in 2015, it would have been justified. Not in 2018. We'll get to that in a minute. It wasn't turning a blind eye to Earl Bruce's grandson. He did that with coaches throughout his entire career to several coaches. He, he rehabilitated him, tried to help him grow, right? When the things were bad, he tried to help him become really good. He was a coach developer. No different than Nick Saban's school of rehab for coaches, right? He felt like he could develop a coach and help them change. Firing someone was so hard for him because he saw the reality of something that drastic, the impact on a person's children, their lives. And if there was a hope that he could develop you into a great coach, he couldn't live with himself if he didn't try. But we can call him a bad guy, I guess. He turned a blind eye on domestic violence. What a crock of shit. He saw a human being that he thought could be a great football coach, and he wasn't ready to give up yet in 2015. So he didn't. Fast forward to June of 2018. I had an annual meeting with Urban Meyer. Ryan Day had come in. My career was taken off. I was recruiting at a high level. By, by the way, we didn't know it back when I launched this podcast, but my final recruiting efforts, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, they were all top 12 picks, by the way, in the NFL draft. My receivers were playing out of their fucking mind. Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, Austin Mack, Ben Victor, just to name a few. We had our annual meeting in June 2018 about my performance, and it was all about how I turned everything around. I had become the coach he thought I'd become and honestly exceeded his expectations, how my career had an unbelievable trajectory, and it was all about how to get me to become a head coach in the next five years. That's what pissed me off so much is how he handled the firing. I know I put him in a horrible position, I or my ex-wife and my own actions. I know how impossible it was for him to still support me, but bad decision to hire me, as he said, six months earlier, telling me I was going to be a head coach and a coordinator in the next three to five years. But you look, you look at the aftermath, it is what it is. It all happens for a reason. It's a great day. It's a great year. My life is trending in a direction I've never seen it going. I didn't know I'd be doing this. I'm on a YouTuber, a podcaster. Who'd have thought? I, I will say that I'm, I'm, I'm put to bed what happened in 2018. I don't bring it up much. Sometimes I bring up recent things that have happened, but it's a, there was a custody battle. I have 50-50 custody. There is still an ongoing financial support battle. I mean, you, it's all over Twitter if you look at her Twitter. She won't shut up about it. Making false accusations. I haven't filed my taxes since 2015. Her attorney has all my tax returns every year. It's just not true. It's fake. But she won't. She don't want to go back to court. Doesn't want to go back and find out I don't owe anything. Because then her narrative goes away. Imagine that. The reality is this. Vengeful ex-wives, vengeful ex-husbands, jealous ex-husbands and jealous ex-wives that put kids in the middle of it hurt kids. My kids are outstanding four years later. They have handled it. I'm so proud of them. But it did bring us to a segment that I used to love called Twitter Tough Guy. We've had number, a number of them. I had one woman 
uh, Stearns was her last name. I don't remember her first name. Who was attacking me. Meanwhile, this woman, I don't even remember the details, started a GoFundMe to raise money for some a sick kid or something along the lines and then siphoned all the money out of it. Just a horrible human being went after me. A guy, Nathan White, who was my girlfriend at the times, uh, ex uh, brother-in-law she was never married but her her ex-boyfriend's brother-in-law who's an alcoholic he was a gm at j lou got fired several sexual harassments along his career was a manager at cooper's hawk got fired he was fired for using racially derogatory terms sexual harassment racial derogatory terms he got canceled and he had the audacity to go on twitter and attack me and bring justine's name into it hilarious but the best part of my first episode was certainly the intro. It was also me getting those things off my chest. This will be a shorter episode. Obviously, you guys are enjoying Thanksgiving. But the one reality of this that I didn't know back in May of 2018 or 2019 was the, the role that Tom Herman played in all of this. Because Tom Herman was a serial cheater on his wife. Still is, I would imagine. I don't know that. Tom Herman and I were good friends when we were at Ohio State. We would go on the road recruiting. We'd go out together. We, I mean, we're, we're close in the office, had a, had a very good working relationship. We went out on the road recruiting in South Florida, went to, to Tootsie Strip Club, uh, found out the, the strippers there, they actually have sex with you. That's what Tom taught me um, with a high school coach in that area. We went to Dallas, Texas. I went to another strip club with Tom there. He went to a, a we went to a, a, a jerk shack, right? An Asian massage parlor where they, where they have sex with you. It was wild times. I mean, it literally was like coaches spring break on steroids. I've never seen anything like it. Never been a part of it. He introduced me to a whole different world of college football, which is very prevalent, by the way. You think I'm bad for cheating on my wife back then. It's prevalent in college football. And then I found out about this flight attendant sex ring they had organized in Dallas. There was a guy that was the DFO at SMU who went to college with a flight attendant. She came on one of my shows if you go back and listen. She would round up four or five girls, find out when Tom and his buddy coaches were going to be in Dallas, and they'd all fly in for three, four days. And it was just debauchery. I mean, just orgies, sex, you name it, partying. All of these men were married. All these flight attendants didn't care. She came on the show and, and talked about it because I, wasn't, uh, because I wasn't there for that part. I just had heard about it. Right, He had told me about it. I met her briefly in passing. So she came on the show to tell the story. But anyways, um, about Urban Meyer, a, a, a lot of the first episode was about Urban Meyer, right? about how he's an elite leader. I uh, cornered Tom Herman and I when I first got to Ohio State because the receivers were awful the year before. And my receivers, five days into my tenure, had not started catching jugs on a jugs routine. And he cornered Tom Herman and I, threatened our lives, threatened to fire us, said, I can't believe I hired these shitbag coaches from Iowa State and Temple. Like, he had a way of getting under your skin to motivate you, but he cared. He used to apply it to business. He would talk to businesses. And being on this side of it, I see it now. It's amazing the correlation between being an elite leader and college football coach and driving a business. I mean, I have this business, this media company that has this podcast, YouTube channel. Started out, I made $19,000 that first year, which I was blown away. I could make almost 20 grand. Granted, all the drama around me instigated that. The next year, it made 70 grand. The next year, it made 150 grand. This year, this company's going to clear $300,000. Note to my ex-wife, 
her dumb ass. That doesn't mean I made 300,000. It's a company, employees, expenses. It's going to clear 300 grand. We're pushing towards a million dollar company as a podcast. Why? Because one of you guys, because of your support, because I think we're putting out great content. I've made great hires. Chris Drew is amazing. He's going to he's going to go achieve ridiculous things in his career, hopefully all within this platform. But I learned that all in coaching. I learned that from Urban Meyer. And I hope one day this is some massive company. Maybe it won't be. That's okay. Because it's fun as shit to do. So I really wanted to kind of just send this out as a half episode, a shorter episode, just to say thank you. Thank you to the Menace Army. Thank you to everyone listening. Kind of recap and rehash that first episode that just sent shockwaves through the sports world. I appreciate you guys. And as always, Menace out.